0: So, I'm going to tell one more story from Cuba and I'll stop talking about Cuba.
1: No, so, talk, bring, on, bring on the Cuba story.
0: So, it took me less than 24 hours to be in Cuba for a pastor. We, we went out, we went for a walk, and we had a drink together. And I'd known, I've known him for a couple years. He looked at me, and we sat down and Wait, got our drink. Does,
1: does this story end with you getting arrested?
0: Um, no. Okay, never, all right. I have never.
1: I'm, I'm both relieved and disappointed. <laughs> we we'll
2: Welcome to episode 77 of Pub Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft-brewed pint, a fine wine, or whatever happens to be in your glass. You can catch new episodes on Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern at pubtheology.com, and of course you can listen anytime, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Pub Theology Live is brought to you by our official sponsors.
0: Our first sponsor is Casual Priest maker of fine clergy wear based out of Sweden. Their clergy tops are tailored, modern, confident, and stylish. And you can win free clergy apparel from Casual Priest if you call in and leave a message on our Casual Priest hotline, 980-PT-Live-0 or 980-785-4830. You can also join our conversation on Twitter or Facebook using hashtag PTLive.
1: And we're also sponsored by the Deliver to Your Door Wine Club Wink, W I N C. Visual Wink for those watching the live stream right there. Uh, get started at trywink.com slash PT Live, that's T R Y W I N C.com slash PT Live for $20 off your first order and other savings. The wine lovers out there, they will deliver bottles to your door if your state allows it. And if you want to sample some of these wines, on us, on the house, free bottles. You can call, leave us a voicemail, the 980 pg 0 or an email, info at com. Leave a question, a comment, We you want us to discuss, uh, you know, feedback, anything, and you will be entered to get some free bottles of wine. The only thing you will need to pay is tax and shipping, because it's coming from the link. But yeah, get some, no one has ever, no one has ever said free wine. That's a bad thing. No, no, no. We will select select one winner every month, so get your calls in, get your emails in, we want to give you some wine, some wink.
2: Get it while you can. Absolutely. Well, today we discuss, are we risk takers or do we tend to play it safe? How high is our tolerance for mistakes? And if we learn from mistakes, why aren't we eager to commit them? Also, do we give a wider latitude on making mistakes to people in positions of leadership and power, such as, let's say, pastors or presidents? We'll discuss. And we are joined on our episode today by Shannon Meacham and Ogan Holder. Welcome both, Shannon. Uh, glad to have you back.
0: Thanks. Looking all my, my third all, show.
2: Your,
1: your third show. Looking all looking all tanned and cubed. <laughs>
0: Well, as I had a um, dermatologist mole removed yesterday, maybe I shouldn't look so tan. And yeah, <laughs> check it, Go to your dermatologist, check your doctor, especially if you're redhead or Big. light, fair skin. Um. So hi, I am Shannon. I am a pastor, a Presbyterian church pastor up in Baltimore, Maryland on the north side. I'm um, also a clergy and leadership coach and um, what else do I do? I blog it pulpit shenanigans.com if you want to hear all about my pulpit shenanigans um and all kinds of other stuff but you know this is only an hour show so what are you drinking i am drinking so in honor of the shutdown this week um i am drinking a dc brew the citizen so less maybe so in in the shutdown and maybe more in honor of the women's march that took place last saturday as the citizens rise up, and also it's a delicious Belgian style ale. So,
1: lovely. There we go. I'm Reverend holder author of Rants to Revelations, and um, you can visit me at ogenholder.com, where nothing exciting is happening. Um, <laughs> I've been <in>, like forever, <laughs> but 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 if you want to watch some fun Sunday talks, oh my goodness, uh, look up Unity on the River on YouTube. Um, um, something I shared in my talk, uh, this past Sunday directly related to our topic today. So, nice. um, it'll be fun to talk about that. Um, Sweet. I am still drinking the, uh, the, uh, H2O. Um, I am committed to my, uh, to my, uh, n- um, calorie reduction plan until I hit Barbados. Um, when, when do I go to Barbados? February 7th. It's like, it's like, it's like close.
0: It's like two weeks. Sweet. Yeah.
1: Oh, by the way, y'all, we need to find some replacements for me. <laughs> oh, by the way. Oh, by the way. <laughs> I, I might be able to do it from there, but I'm not going to want to. So yeah.
0: I'm just going to put that up there right now. We'll work it
1: out. Oh, full vacation. Um, so there you go. That's me. It'll what be you-
0: February. We'll find some other, you know, people of color to bring in. and oh, There
1: you go. See? There you go. And we all look alike. So you won't be able to tell the difference.
0: Exactly. It'll <laughs> be like, oh, Oganson on again. I thought he was in Barbados.
1: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the black guy, Brian. I can say it. If you can't say it. Shannon can't say it. I can say it and get away with it. Okay? There we go. There That's we go.
2: <laughs> what are you drinking, my friend? Well, uh, my name is uh, Reverend Brian Burkhoff. I am pastor of Holland UCC in Holland, Michigan. Author of the book Pub Theology, Beer Conversation and God. And tonight, in addition to a cup of tea, because I'm just feeling a little bit under the weather,s I am also enjoying a bit of a beer barrel rye brewed by New Holland Distilling here. It is uh, a rye that's rested in American oak and then dragon's milk barrels. So Ooh, nice. Nice. Tasty little. So wait, is that, is that in the tea or separate? That's separate from the tea. Ah, gotcha. I, I was tempted to combine them, but...
1: Uh, you don't dilute your whiskeys. You I them.
2: don't like to dilute my whiskeys. Oh, I yeah. like to have them full on. And, and neat. <laughs> so, uh, our opening question here is Is there something that people consistently ask you for help with? Like, if somebody needs help with whatever, they go to Shannon or go to Ogan.
1: Um, no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Ogan is not helpful.
1: <laughs> well, usually, so, so. If if it's if it's something, um, yeah, you, know, you know, like like some kind of issue they're going through, you know, in, in, in our role as pastors, we play a that pastoral care role. But but people have learned that if they come to me with issues at work or outside of work, I will leave them with more questions than answers. <laughs> if they're coming to me with help on making decisions, certainty, they know what they're going to get with at this point in time. You know, so what should I do? And then I ended, and and should I do this or this? And then next thing you know, I'm leaving them with, with, with more questions that'll give them more options. And they're even more confused. Uh, so, so there's that. Um, I'm not a handyman. So they know they're not asking me to fix anything. Um, you know, so yeah, they don't, no one really comes to me consistently for stuff. I'm like last resort guy. <laughs> mm.
0: Well, and if you don't own a pickup truck, then nobody's mm. going to ask you to help them move.
2: Exactly. I own, I own a Miata. And a right. Yeah. Sir, could you move your Miata? It's in the way. But <laughs> that's, that's about it. all the moving you can ask.
1: Yeah, that's about it.
0: So I I was thinking about this and, and again, there's all the, you know, kind of job pastor stuff. Can you help me with this? So people, you know, will stop you on. And so once they find out, right, there's this thing where pastors don't like to say what we do in public because then we get, we end up pastoring everybody on the plane or the bus or, you know, whatever. But so there's a lot of like, can you help me understand why God blah, 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 blah. You know, and it's kind of your answer is like, no, I I really can't can't help you with that. But (laughs) then I kept thinking like what I get asked most with help and it's not a specific, can you help me? But it's, you know, mommy, can I have a drink and can I have something to eat and can I have a snack and can I, you know, and, and so my kids are, you know, 10 and under, and I'm trying to teach them to be self-sufficient, but there's a lot of like, can you help me open this? Can you, um, and it's interesting because I kept thinking about it. Like I keep having to teach them to ask for help because they just mm, kind of right. assume that I'll do it. And I right. was like, huh, all right. Well, I mean, cause you know, when they were little, of course you did it, but, but how people now that even as are like, even now that I'm older, they just assume that I'll do it. It's not a net formal ask for help.
1: So. Well, I always, I always say, always ask for help, but don't always expect to be helped.
0: There you
2: go. There you go.
0: Well, so, Brian, what about you? Who asked you for help? What are you good at?
2: Well, I hadn't thought about the kid thing. Yeah, that that's a whole ball of wax right there, isn't it? um
0: all I do is feed people. That is yeah, all I do right. all the time is feed people. I think when
2: you're a parent, though,
1: that's like a given. So, oh yeah, so, uh, it I mean, is. I don't but know any you know, parent that isn't being consistently asked of something from their kids. So, I you know, I think that's like the baseline thing for all three of us. You know, true. My, my child's 17, so I mean, right now is consistently asking for money. <laughs> right. Um, but, <laughs> and my response was, "Go get a job. I'm not giving you any more cash out of my wallet." So, you know. Again, ask for help, but don't always expect to be
2: helped. Good. Of. Yeah. Got to remember that one. Write it down. Uh, so for me, uh, let's see, I, you know, maybe help with computer stuff, uh, getting a computer going or setting something up or website stuff. Um, can you help me with something on my website or can you make me a website or
0: so do you, let me ask you this. Like, are you a person that goes into a store and like, if you are looking for something and somebody says, can I help you? Do you like, no, 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 I'm good and wander around the store until you find it? Or do you just say like, no, I, I need to know where the cheese its are. Tell me where they are.
2: That's a great question. I think it depends what it is, but often I want to minimize my time in the store. So I'll say, if you know where this is, tell me right now and I'll find it. But if it's going to be like a, I'm a salesperson who's going to tag along and like convince you of what you need to buy. Then I tend to be like, no, I got it. I'll figure it out. Right. So it's, if, I'm just,
1: if I'm just there to browse, no, I turn away to help because yeah. right. I'm not specifically looking for a thing. I'm just, I'm just looking. Um, but, but yeah, if, if I walk, sometimes I'll walk in and go straight to, can you help me find Right. That's also dependent on my time. If I got, like, two minutes to get in and out of the store, I'm asking. If I got, like, half an hour, yeah. I'll wander and see what else I can buy that I don't need.
0: Yeah. yeah, I think it's different, like, in a grocery store than for me, like, walking into a clothes store, you know, and, like, I need a dress for whatever and right. or, a you know, a shirt to match this suit that Derek has. Or, you know, and I'm very, like, hesitant to ask people about... Clothing help or, you know, a taste style kind of. Yeah. Like, I don't want your help with that. But at the same time, like sometimes when I do, it's really, really helpful. Like, oh, that's, I totally wouldn't have picked that out, but that's great, you know.
1: So speaking of help in stores, you've heard about uh, Amazon's new store that opened in Seattle. They finally opened the store that um, basically has no checkout or registers but like, you know, eight bazillion cameras. And what it does is, you know, you go in and, you know, you, you scan your phone or whatever. So it, it pops open your Amazon Prime account and then you just take stuff off the shelves and walk out the store because all these cameras will pick up and register what you've taken up and then they'll bill you like 10 minutes later, your account.
0: Oh, see, I'm totally like, I put all these things in my cart and then I spend the rest of my time taking them all out like <laughs>
1: it, it, it records that too, so no. That then, is way too Big Brother for me. Reporters <laughs> in who were trying to like shoplift and see if they could get away with stuff. Yeah,
0: yeah. And,
1: and it and it picked everything up. But uh, apparently, you know, there's this whole store that really there's like maybe two or three human beings there in the whole store. I guess to troubleshoot issues, but but yeah, they're trying they're trying this out, and if it works, they, they they're gonna spread it. So you know, for all the people you know, who say the immigrants are taking our jobs. I say, no, it's not. It's mm-hmm. the computers. <laughs> it's
0: the cameras, right? The cameras the
1: cameras, are cameras and the robots out. are taking our jobs, not other people. So, Interesting. There we go. Yeah. So Interesting. I, So I guess, you know, the two or three people are on hand in case somebody actually has a question.
0: You know, I learned to ask for help. I, I never used to ask for help, like ever, ever, ever. And And in my divorce, I learned to ask for help like, cause I just couldn't, I didn't have a choice. I couldn't do it. And I needed help with my kids. I needed help with my sanity. I needed help, you know, just all kinds of, of stuff. And, and people are, what I found people are so ready and so willing to help because we, we love when we could do something for someone else. Like we thrive on that. And I just never in my life had, I I thought I I didn't, you know, my biggest fear, right. I don't want to be a burden. Um,
2: yeah. We talked about this, right? You're, you right? like to offer help, but you yeah. don't want to be the one needing the help.
0: But now I'm like, no, it's so now like the interesting thing about the store thing is that's what shifted it immediately. Mm. So now I go into the store and can I help you? Actually? Yeah, you can. And just like, I never would have, I would have walked around that store for an hour, even if I only had two minutes looking for it. Cause I didn't want to bother you, even though it's your job. Right. But no, none- <laughs> But now, yeah, I can totally, like, oh, yeah, you
2: can. These are people that are getting paid to help me. Right. Wow. Amazing. amazing. You're taking
1: the job away. Um, I used to have the opposite problem where, I guess, out of maybe just sheer laziness, I would ask for the help I didn't even need just so.
0: Just so you didn't have to do it.
1: Exactly. Someone would share the labor. You Uh, and
0: Derek would make a good team. Do it for me. I'm just saying.
2: (laughs) Uh nice. God All right. Him. He's so, listening
0: by the way, so I love you, baby. <laughs> I love you
2: too, baby. <laughs> there it is. So uh do you tend to play it safe or are you a risk taker and how high is your tolerance for making a mistake and is that related? To what? To the asking for help? No, to the risk taking, you oh. know. Are you do, if you play it safe, is it because you're worried about hmm you know, making a mistake or doing the wrong thing or screwing up.
0: So I, I have a zero tolerance for mistakes. Like I, for, for myself, for other people, it is completely natural. It's fine. We'll work with you. Yeah. Like it is unacceptable. And and that sounds like a perfectionism thing. It's not, it's, um, I don't, I don't know exactly what it is, but it's, it, it hurts my soul to make a mistake, like, especially in terms of relationship. Like, if i'm yeah. if i'm misstep um did yeah be, i work really hard not
1: to did we cover you were a type one on the enneagram did we cover that already
0: two.
1: i'm a Oh,
2: oh you're a two she's a two, a two. yeah
0: with a a two one. with a three wing so like mistakes uh, mistakes in a bulletin or Ooh. like a typo i don't mm. give a shit about right? oh really like,
2: see I, oh that drive, um, drive me off that drive me off the charts
0: Oh, I could care I would less about I would, I
2: would light them all on fire before the service if there was a <laughs> ah,
0: like grammatical mistakes don't bother me like that kind of mistake no but like I yeah if 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 you and I are in discord because of something I did that was my bad that I'm that like no I am
2: If so I'm fine. disappointed in you because Oh of my god your don't
0: even <laughs> 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 <but I'm>
2: gonna... <laughs> nice
0: because that's what it gets to right like if i made a mistake yeah yeah yeah. but i own it buddy i own it
1: so remember there was a michael jordan commercial a while back that he talked about like how many shots he missed and how many times he was counted on to win the game and And lost and missed and lost and they talked about it's because he's failed so many times is why he succeeded yeah so that's kind of like my philosophy i have failed at a lot of things and made mistakes a lot of mistakes um and i do see them as as learning opportunities um so i'm not afraid of making mistakes and failing in fact for quite some time i had the opposite problem i had the fair success problem which um in in a a way there's fear of failure mixed into that too but but um but yeah um having survived making mistakes and failing so many times it uh i i do have a high tolerance for it and and for other uh people doing it as well which i think is a good quality to have as a minister in a church with a lot of other people and, and managing volunteers and stuff um but as far as the taking a risk um i'm all over the board with that um, it depends on how many people will be directly affected if this risk doesn't play off I tend to play it safer there, but if it's just me involved, yeah, no, no, no problem. A mm-hmm. skydive without the parachute, and see what happens. um So, <laughs> let's,
2: yeah, let's see.
0: That's pretty predictable.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I wonder.
0: <laughs> I don't feel like that's a risk. We're a guarantee. We know what is going to happen.
2: <laughs> okay, that
1: is that is true. That is, that is that might have been an extreme example, but but you get what I'm saying. What? Uh, so, so my risk level directly is is uh, related to how many people may suffer if, mm-hmm. I, if that risk um, does not does not pay off. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's where I am with with that. Sometimes I surprise myself on the job when I am I I play things like safe and conservatively, knowing that on my own, you know. I'll I'll just do whatever for the most part. Try anything once is my
0: motto.
2: Hmm.
0: Brian, what about you?
2: Yeah, I think it's been a a growing point for me to be more comfortable taking risks. Uh, I do have a little bit of a perfectionist uh, streak. So as noted, I don't like grammatical or spelling mistakes. (laughs) That drives me crazy. Uh, I think as a kid in class, like I often did not raise my hand because I only would raise it if I knew I had exactly the right answer. I didn't want to like, you know, pull a Chris Farley and, oh, actually just <laughs> don't want to answer that question. Um, so, you know, um, yeah, but now, you know, I, I'm on my third sort of new church start and that's kind of a risk to versus stepping into an Absolutely. established congregation, uh, where you know for sure people are going to show up on Sunday. Uh, so, you know, that that's, I guess, a kind of a risk. Um, but, you know, it has to happen in a certain context. And, you know, I have to have a certain sense that there's a calling and that this may, you know, for whatever reason, uh, be the thing I should be doing. Uh, but with Ogan too, it is kind of a mixed bag. You know, if it's like a physical risk, like a danger, like physical danger, like... You know, driving a snowmobile 100 miles an hour or skydiving, or I have almost no interest in things that involve me harming myself physically mm-hmm. or going at high speeds or, you know, climbing mountains or rappelling. Uh, you know, I don't want to do that so much, but there are other things where I feel like, yeah, I want to try something new or do something career wise that might be a bit of a risk or, a, you know, not a sure thing, but I want to try it or, you know, travel somewhere I've never been, that kind of thing. So where does our faith
1: come into this? Because I mean, when we take risk, it's kind of a leap of faith um, we're, 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 we're embracing, we're stepping into. We're not sure what the outcome is going to be, but we're, we're we're taking a chance. Especially if we feel we've maybe been like divinely inspired to do this thing. So so how does our faith play into this? And if we don't take the risk, are we saying we're not we're not people of faith?
0: Yeah, I think that's a really good point because there's the balance between. Um, so immediately, my mind went to like, well, if I if I fully trust, right? So if I if I trust in God and if I trust in this way of of going, then um, then I should go all in. At the same time, it's really stupid to jump out of a plane without a parachute and say. God will save me, right? <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's really dumb. <laughs> but what if
1: your clear God told you to jump without
2: the fire shooting?
0: Well then I Or told
2: they, you to jump off the top of the temple and I, the the angels will
0: I think Jesus said get away from me, Satan. <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, I think I think there was a recognition that <laughs> right. God is of love and life and this is not a good idea. Yeah. yeah. Um, however, right, like there were, there were histories full of particularly pastor risk takers who could have been harmed in, in um, you know, last Monday was Martin Luther King Day. And this is a pastor who went into harm's way, in a, yes, in a nonviolent way, but took the risk to oh, be yeah. hurt, be arrested, um, and, and took the risk to lead other people into being hurt and arrested. Because it was the right thing to do. It's so funny,
1: because as soon as you mentioned Pastor, you know where my mind went? The snake handlers. like You know, the really charismatic people who actually handle snakes and get bitten up by them. Yeah, you
2: know, Shannon was talking about, you know, putting your life on the line for civil rights, and then you jump right to snake handlers. I don't know what (laughs) happened there.
1: No, when she (laughs) talked about (laughs) putting themselves at risk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That just tells you how my mind works a little bit. Yeah. So, that image came to mind but that's kind of folly too
0: so i was in cuba last week right and i was at um the the reformed presbyterian church in veradero which is in the matanza's providence of cuba if you want to look it up and this church here was the story that was told when um the revolution happened it became illegal to be christian Mm -hmm. and when that and and you were literally like you were deemed basically insane by the government because they believed that if you were Christian, you believed in something higher that was above it, It's just, it's so like, it's, it's really messed up kind of psychologically, but the effect for the people was that you would be fired from your job for going to church. Right. Mm. So, um, you would, you would be outcast from your community for being Christian. So a lot of churches, <laughs> I mean, went from very thriving churches to almost nobody in worship. Wow. And so the reason why my church got into Cuba almost 20 years ago was to do reconciliation work about the U.S. and Cuban relationships, and especially as Christians, right? And and um, one of the, the conversations over and over again about what is it like to live in a in a country that literally deems you you know insane for being christian and what was it like to live through that period and now as the rules have laxed and whatever but this church that we were staying at after the revolution had literally one member wow one member and she said and the and the like providence the area wanted to close the church and she said absolutely not absolutely not as long as i am here there will be a church now, <laughs> wow. in America, as we're like talking about closing churches with like 20 people or whatever, like right. part of me was like, oh my God, that's insane. But what she was, she was standing up. She was an activist, right? Like, I will be the presence of Christ in this place. I will be the presence of God in this place. They will not beat this away from me. And she said to them, if I die and there are no more members of this church, you can close it. Fine. Fine. And that church is open today and thriving congregation today. And we stayed in their beautiful housing today, which is two blocks from the beach and blah, 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 because she went out and convinced other people to take that risk to stay into worship.
2: Wow. Cool.
0: And I just like, it was very, it wasn't convicting. That's not the right word, but I was very, just very moved by that kind of faith to take that risk
1: and the under understated story there is at that time 100 percent um
2: pastor congregant approval rating
0: right (laughs)
2: yeah and no no pressure to show up on sunday for sunday worship (laughs) if i don't come no one will be there (laughs) exactly literally (laughs) Oh, exactly literally well everyone everyone's here i guess we can get started yeah.
0: But that is a risk, right? Like that yeah. is a true risk. Yeah. Um, and maybe she did lose, you know, right. Like, I don't know the nuances of the story. Did she lose all her friends? Did she secretly meet with them at a house somewhere, which is a, a lot of what happened, right? People right. didn't show up on Sunday cause the government was watching, but they would, you know, now I'm going to get, by the way, I'm going to get our podcast tagged. Like it's going to be like, Oh, that's propaganda. There you go. Just for funsies, anyway. Go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> well, hey, yeah. that
1: might that 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 will help the listenership. <laughs> yeah. Anything subversive that you shouldn't be listening to
2: or reading will definitely be listened to and read.
0: Right. Exactly. You
2: know? Yeah, and you know we had listeners this past week from uh, from Tokyo, from Sweden, Australia, um, a couple other international, Mexico. Yeah, been a while since you shared those stats. You know? I know, yeah. We're we're due for that. We're due for that. Pull pull, pull some up, you know. So go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say, do we do we have do we give more space to pastors for making mistakes or less room for pastors for making mistakes in your experience? We'll get into an example in a moment, but just in, in your general experience. I I think in my in my personal experience, um
1: less. <laughs> um but but uh I kinda kid about that. It depends on what the mistake is. Yeah. I think, you know, um little things like like little, you know, forgetting things you were supposed to say this or, you know, give this announcement on Sunday or blah blah blah. Little things like that, it's not, you know. No, no one would really notice and mention big big mistakes are uh or a, a, a whole other thing um I think in many ways we are we are being held to a higher standard I think in many ways we should hold ourselves uh to somewhat of a higher a higher standard of of you know practicing what we preach walking the talk um so i I, I think we we balance that also with. That while that's the case, we are also still on this path of learning and growing, so we will make mistakes. I think it's a good thing to be vulnerable um, as a clergy person when you have made a mistake to to share it with people, to say you know here 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 am i i'm I am really no better than you i'm I'm still learning to walk the walk, talk the talk I'm not going to do it perfectly." you know, no, no spiritual leader is any better than any congregant or disciple. Uh, um, If anything, they might be a little more practiced, but not better. Um, We're still, we're still journeying, um, as, as you say.
2: Yeah. Mm. What do you think, Shannon? I
0: mean, I, I think it's, I think it's a really hard question. I think it's a really nuanced question, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which makes it a great question. Um, I think that I've been ridiculed from everything from a typo in the newsletter. Yeah. to um, misspeaking, right. Which just happens when you're a public speaker. Yep. Um, and I think I've made some real mistakes that I took responsibility for that we all learned and grew from. Um, I also think that I have been blamed for a lot of things that were not mistakes and were you know just made people unhappy yeah. um, even that's I think that's a kind of a universal human being experience right somebody's blaming you for something that um, isn't necessarily I, I, I don't consider this a fault right I don't consider this something to be blamed for I take pride in this and or, or maybe it's not pride, um, as the Avett brothers say, the way the Bible does to bring you shame, but <laughs> the pride like my mother has, which is actually still bad, but nonetheless. So, <laughs> um, but to, to find that way to to make mistakes, you know, we, um, we were having a conversation yesterday about changing behavior. Like when somebody makes a, a mistake and you continually... Provide grace—that's that's a very good thing, but also changing the behavior about way that the way that grace is extended, mm. that that grace um, can become enabling to the behavior, yeah. if you will. Yeah. Which again, you could argue is that really grace, but none, you know that that our our ability of you keep making this mistake, or or you said, oh, I'm so sorry. Now it's let's just move on. Yep. Is, is is that really without really changing anything? Is that a mistake? That
1: yeah, forgiveness forgiveness doesn't doesn't equal lack of accountability.
0: Right, right.
1: Yeah. And, and and that needs to be uh, made made clear. Um, we we have the example of um, the, the the pastor. I forget I forget where he was. Did you mention where he was?
2: I he was, was in Tennessee. Memphis, Tennessee.
1: Right. You know, a huge mega church who um, yeah. admitted. And I think he only admitted it because it came out publicly. Yeah.
0: yeah she wrote a blog right. or an article about it, you know, that he
1: had an inappropriate relation, sexual relationship and incident with a teenager. And, you know, he received this dad ovation from his congregation for coming out and admitted this. Um, and, you know it's when i when i read that it it rubbed me the wrong way in a lot of ways um remind me i think
2: he did did
1: he he quit afterwards or i i i read this
2: uh it wasn't when i was reading it seemed like at some point in his ministry he had quit something for a while but the church he's at now is fully supporting him and gave a standing ovation and the pastor and the leadership all stand by him despite this revelation
1: And there's, so, so there's a difference, I think, between saying to a person, you, you've made a mistake and we are not gonna abandon supporting you as an individual. That's one thing. Right. And it's like, dude, you sexually assaulted a teenager. Like, that's not okay. Yeah. (laughs) Where, where's, where was the not okayness? Was there not okayness? was there again accountability you know where 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 like we don't read about that i don't know if that happened behind the scenes i would certainly hope that it did because if it didn't then this is this is taking the whole forgiveness support thing the absolutely the wrong in, in in the wrong way and um and and not okay and i think that's where sometimes we when we Put our pastors and the leaders on pedestals, and we revere them like, like you're saying. We we do give them a little bit more of of a leeway, um, and it's it's, it's interesting. Uh, I mentioned at the beginning. Yet yesterday during my talk on Sunday, I and again, Shannon, you talk about being blamed for for mistakes you didn't make, or in my case, being blamed for something that never actually happened.
0: Oh, they've been there, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that, that, that that too. So I will say. So it started, this started like over a year ago, when you know every every time well, every few board meetings I go. All right. So what's the latest rumor out there about me? So that when we have a congregational meeting, I can just clear them up and right. can move on. Nothing festers. So about a year ago, over a year ago, the rumor was I was having an affair with somebody on my board. Okay. So again, never happened. Right. And so the rumor was there and we had a congregational meeting a few weeks later and I addressed it. I said, here's, here's the rumor. No, did not have an affair emotionally, sexually, otherwise with anyone on the board, on the staff in the congregation. And I went on to address other rumors. No, I'm not looking for a new job. By the way, I just signed a new four-year contract, uh, blah, 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 blah. A few weeks ago, <laughs> someone approached, um, um, recently resigned the board president. Um, and she'd resigned. Oh, I, I don't know. It's maybe been a couple months now. Um, and she'd resigned and someone approached her and said, we heard you resigned because you were, you just couldn't, um, handle covering up the affair anymore. Oh my God. And she's like, what, about, what are you talking about? <laughs> Ogan's affair. Like you just couldn't. And she's like, Uh, no there was no this didn't happen there was no fair no white so we were like how does this thing still have legs like a year later right so so you know we had a you know at our scheduled board meeting this came up and they were like you know when you said it at the congregational meeting last night it was after church there were maybe like 25 people you know, maybe enough people didn't hear it.
2: Uh, yeah, it could <laughs> be.
1: The word. So they're like, you know, maybe you need to dress this on a Sunday morning. So I got to find some creative way now to work this <laughs> in on uh, Sunday morning that everybody's not shocked. And like uh,
2: of, I'm sorry, dude. You know? That doesn't sound so, fun at all.
1: But, uh, well, I thought it was fun because it was like, how creative can I be to work this in? Like this was right. putting my talk right in skills to the test. So, so you know, uh if you, you know, unity on the river youtube go watch it let us know
0: when that
1: happens exactly but now the flip side of that was enough people coming out on the you know at the receiving line they were like oh we hadn't heard that who was it you know and i was like oh lord did i just make things worse right (laughs) Uh, well
2: that's what i was gonna say sometimes you sometimes if you if you have to keep addressing something sometimes you know people think well there must be something to it if they keep talking about it i
1: actually mentioned that in the talk too I actually mentioned that in talk. I said, but this is a product of how we think and how we are, how we are culturalized to think. If he does that's too much, there must be something he's protesting against. Right. He said, here's what I'm protesting against. I'm protesting against an energy of we hear things and we let our thoughts run away with us. And rather than go to the source, come to me, go to whoever, like, it up, so they've been cleaning up. Instead, it festers, and then there's yeah. resentment,
0: right. and then people
1: leave the church because the board's not doing anything about this misbehaving pastor, and they can't tolerate this anymore. And
0: and I think that's a really interesting point—not just on forgiveness, but on risk taking, right? So, like, right, forgiveness of of um. So, say I I risk doing a project and I fail at it. That to me is a risk that like, that's a, that's a, I'll cheer you on for that risk. Right? right. You have a dream of opening a restaurant. It does, but it fails. Or, you know, the church does this outreach, like try it, go for it, do it. Absolutely. The risk of like outing ourselves in not, I mean, so in this case, the rev- a reverse outing, right. <laughs> and, like I didn't I was, do this. I, w-
1: I was in, myself. <laughs> exactly,
0: you were in yourself, right. Like, um, you know, and, and it's so interesting, the things that we're accused of or the rumors that go on when you are a public figure. Right. And, and I think part of that is because you do try to keep some of your life private. Um, I mean, there are certainly, I have had issues, not exactly like this, but, you know, very similar that have gone to all the way to my personnel like all the way to my, you know, governing board that have accused me of things. And, and yet no matter what my explanation is, it's really hard to explain yourself with something that simply didn't happen. Yeah. Right. How do you even begin to to be like, I didn't do it when it's like, I,
2: no one did it. It didn't happen. It
0: doesn't exist. (laughs) Right. It's interesting, but, because, and especially because there's so much stuff that does exist. Right. Yeah. And so for me, the, the of my own integrity comes, I do own up to my mistakes. I do. Um, I, I do take responsibility. Um, I do all of those things when I do make a mistake so that when I come out and say, I didn't do this, hopefully you will believe me because I'm a person of integrity. I mean, that that is my true hope.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and you know, we were talking about this um, this Tennessee pastor, for example, who did something and there was a, you know, did this more than something, right? Uh, sexually assaulted a teen and he gets applauded and forgiven by his church. And, and I think when we talk about forgiveness for mistakes, certainly that's part of the core of the Christian message, but there also is the balance of, I suppose, which is consequences. There can be forgiveness, and there also can be consequences, right? Uh, And so, you know, where what kind of consequences are there for? And I think for people in power, especially who abuse that trust and that platform, there have got to be some kind of consequences when it's valid. And that's the and that's the
1: that's the thing: validity and proof. And and then, then comes the question, should they be allowed to stay in power, right? So that's the other question that comes along. And again, for me, that's a matter of uh, A, extremes, and B, repetition. If there's a pattern of abuse of power, oh, absolutely. you No, you don't deserve to be in that place. Now, the question is, especially with this recent, uh, you know, uh, the, the Me Too movement and, and the coming out of of uh, sexual abuses all over do we make the same application after a one-time incident and then for me then it becomes a question of where on the spectrum is that abuse and you know I'll, I'll I will get myself in trouble for saying this but again I don't believe when we read the the, the headlines about all the varieties of misbehavior that have come out recently you know i don't believe they all deserved the same amount of punishment okay they're all on the spectrum of misbehavior but you know for us as parents if we punished our kids the same way for everything you know our kids would not grow up well <laughs> you, you, you know what i'm saying there for me for me that whole saying the punishment must fit the crime and i think we've you know, it, it, while it is absolutely important and necessary to address all these abuses of power, let's not throw everybody onto the same bonfire. There's there's gotta there's gotta be some perspective here and context to it all.
2: And so there's go ahead. Go ahead. Right.
0: So there's two quotes that like have been rolling around for a, a while. So one's been rolling around for a while, right? The Maya Angelou quote of like. When someone shows you who they are, believe them the first time, right? Uh, yeah. And and then last week, um, when I was on this retreat, somebody used this quote. I forget who it was. So if somebody knows, please put it up on our, our page. Um, but it said, um, she said, if somebody calls you a camel, ignore them. Um, if somebody calls, if someone else calls you a camel, buy a mirror. <laughs> and I just... I found that really interesting. Right. Huh, Just the, nice. Yeah. Like the idea of like, okay, if one person says something false, you could write it off. Um, or I'd even go so far to say if one person started a rumor and you only hear that same rumor from other people, fine, write it off. But if you're hearing something over and over and over again, I mean, that's going to take some introspection. That's going to take some work to do this. So um, are, you saying, are
1: you saying something did happen between me and a board member? <laughs>
0: No, I'm saying one person spread the same rumor and second, multiple second. people said it. You
1: know? <laughs> right. Check it. I'm going to see where you were putting me there. The, uh, no, gonna,
0: and I I think that needs to him, be man. more of a case for for So, you know, let's take our current president. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, right. as I hold back my comment. Do, do we have So, some
2: need some whiskey.
0: You know, like he totally showed us who he was. Yes. Like none of this is a surprise. Right now. He no. completely showed us who he was. And, and what, you know, when that, um, was it Hollywood, uh, uh, access Hollywood video? Is that the, yeah you know, when that came out, the Republican party showed us who they were that like nothing, nothing was going to stop them from their agenda. No amount of, of, right assault no amount or or misconduct or inappropriate behavior or inappropriate language nothing was going to stop them from their agenda and that's just what it showed to me proved that to me and and so i'm going to tell one more story from cuba and i'll stop talking about cuba no
1: bring bring on the cuba stories
0: so it took me less than 24 hours to be in cuba for a pastor, we we went out. We went for a walk and we had a drink together. And I'd known I've known him for a couple years. He looked at me and we sat down and got Wait, our
1: drink. Does the story end with you getting arrested? Um. No. Okay. Never, all right. I have never. I'm, I'm both relieved and disappointed. <laughs>
0: <I'm not doing. laughs> so no, I, honey, I'm super. I can talk my way out of that all the time. <laughs> um. He's so he sat down and he says, "So, how are you enjoying our shithole country?"
2: <laughs>
0: I, oh God! I'm so embarrassed. I'm so embarrassed. I'm so yeah. embarrassed. Right? So we, Derek and I, went into a store to buy some rum legally. You can bring in four bottles. We brought in four bottles. Blah blah blah. Ooh. Um, and you know, a box of cigars. Here are actually it's sitting on the desk. So here are pyramid. Ooh, wow! Legally brought in cigars.
2: Mail me a few. Already at the maybe, West and Meacham household.
0: Maybe we'll bring some to uh, to Wild Goose. Um, so we go in the thing, and and so uh, Americans don't go to Cuba. Like that's a very strange thing for them. So they're like, "You're Canadian, right?" <laughs> because we speak English. We're like, "No, no, 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 no we're not Canadian." And they go, are "You are you American?" And and you know, Derek and I said yes. And she looks at us and she goes, "Cuba's better." And I said, yes, Cuba's, Cuba's better. (laughs) Ah, ah. Um, But the last thing was, so, so it was American pastors, Cuban pastors, and then a couple of translators and a psychologist that helped lead the retreat and all this. So we're out at this, oh my God, it was the strangest thing. It was like this. um, So we were in a beach town, a tourism town for this retreat, which is not normal. Uh, We're usually in the middle, in the middle of the country. And it's this Beatles bar. There is a Beatles bar in Cuba, and they're singing these like all of these like rock hits, you know, from whatever. Anyway, we're we're all singing together. We're having a good time. We're having a couple of drinks, and um, so Pedro, one of our translators, was sitting with Derek and I and a friend, uh, fellow pastor, and we're singing along. And all of a sudden, "Sweet Home Alabama" comes on, and we like know all the words, right? We know all the words. <laughs> And I, I look at Pedro and I said, Pedro, I have to be honest with you. Alabama's a bit of a shithole. And he goes, oh, I know. And like, <laughs> the whole thing busted out laughing. And he started talking about their last congressional election. Yeah. And wow. I'm like, this is who we are to the world, people. Yeah.
1: And they and there, winner, our Alabama listeners, thanks,
0: <laughs> Alabama <laughs> listeners, we love you. Keep fighting the good fight. There you go. <laughs> we also do let you.
2: someone in, someone else into the college football playoff,
0: please. <laughs> uh, someday maybe, but maybe not Michigan. So anyway, um... <laughs> you know what, that's, shots that's, fired.
2: That's a
1: real valid point. Of that 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 again conveys that our leader misses the whole point of things. You can go to any country. And find, you know, pristine and shithole areas. Like right. any country Absolutely. any anywhere. Like, you know, we wanna bring in people from Norway. Suppose we're bringing in like, you know, the two percent who are the who are the thieves
2: and the and the denigrates from Norway. Like Well, and Norwegians are like, we have free health care, our college right. tuition is paid for, and our happiness index is way better right. than your we country. We don't so want to come home. Like, we don't want to come to your shithole. And
0: maternity leave. Like, what the hell? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: exactly. But that brings us so, I think uh, most of us can agree that was obscene, racist, inappropriate. But how many obscene, racist, inappropriate behaviors are we going to allow for this person who's in power, who is untouchable, right yes it's like we on the one hand a large portion of our country has a really low approval rating of this president on the other hand nothing happens there's no consequences there's no accountability he can do whatever he wants so um i'm i'm gonna argue push
1: back against that in that it's not instant accountability or instant consequences so i think if nothing else uh as demonstrated by the two women's marches we've had yeah you know, after he got elected and on the anniversary weekend of his election, if nothing else, but now the vast number of, of women and non-white women who are now running for public office.
0: Absolutely. Um,
1: and if nothing else, and in 2018, I think this year more than ever, we're going to have a spike in people uh, in the voting booth in the midterms. So, so can we, impeach a Republican president while well, there's a Republican led house and a Republican led senate of course not cuz they got to they got to both get on board now yeah. if, it, if it's a democratic run you know senate and house might it be a different story especially if there really can be proven impeachable offenses and this is the thing you know here we have someone who has definitely push past the boundaries of decorum and expectations for that office. Okay. So yeah, now it's a, it's a question of us, the people to say, you know, Oh, we, we've seen now what the extreme is. How do we really want to do this to ourselves again? Which is why I say, you know, I love Oprah Winfrey, but I don't think she needs to be president. Cause I think that's like swinging to the other extreme now and extremes are really not good you know it's way in the bell curve the extremes are the lowest point because maybe not the best place to be so so i think that it's a matter of time before there will be more of a visible accountability and and consequence and even if it's not against him it'll definitely be against the party that he represents and have chosen to make him their leader to shannon's point they showed us their true colors when they're willing to say we will let this guy be president the evangelical community showed its true colors when they say we are going to stand behind this president who's of good faith i love oh my god did you guys see the babylon bees headline a few days ago and for our listeners if you're not aware the babylon bee it's like a satirical uh, religious website so nothing Yeah,
0: it's like the onion for religion
1: exactly so it was jim baker saying saying he confirmed that trump was in the hotel room with that uh porn star because he wanted to share the good gospel with her (laughs) any good christian leader would (laughs) i saw that that, so that was that was that that was that that
0: was satirical headline in exactly. all its hilarity, right?
1: Exactly. E- e- exactly. So, I also also believe in in long term. What do you call it? the the long game? So, even if in this moment, in the midst of our outrage, we we think he's untouchable and nothing will happen, I think it will. I think it will in the end. I think this is one of those. It gets worse before it gets better scenarios, because now we've seen what happens when we put someone who's ill-equipped for the job in charge, we put someone who has extremist views in charge, we put someone who really kind of just cares for himself and his brand in charge, and we've had this experiment, and I can't imagine that we will want to go back to this experiment again, because without sincerity of intent, he's kind of pissing off everybody, even the people who supported him and voted for him.
0: Well that's what worries me though is I don't think he's actually pissing off enough people right like there are people that have dug in their heels yes and and basically have so you know this is this is idolatry like he is god you know he he is the only this is what happens when we say you know you have been ordained by god to do this it was said about george w and it's been said about him and And this marrying of Tea Party politics and, you know, conservative evangelicals is terrifying to me still. Um, But I do think that, I mean, this is where, like, I'm not an unforgiving person, right? Like, we all do make mistakes. And I am not afraid to sit there and say, I, I do have people who have come to me and said, I voted for Trump and I, boy, do I regret it. Mm -hmm. I am so sorry. You know what? You're not off. You're not on my shit list forever. Like, I get that. Whatever. You, you saw it. I don't know. Like, you know, here's what I say. Like, you are super, super late to the party, but come on in. Like, I'm fine with that.
1: Well, they were willing to take a risk to our earlier questions. To our earlier questions. Willing to take a risk.
0: I mean, my entire lifetime, right? I am, I am 37 years old. My entire lifetime, I have heard since Reagan that we need someone to run the US like a business, right? I have heard that my whole mm-hmm. life. Yep. You know what? That experiment is going on and we are gonna deal with the consequences of that for decades to come. And you know what? We tried it and let's please be done with it now. <laughs> <laughs> now, what's gonna happen later is like, oh, we need a better business person to come in and business man, let's be honest, business man to come in and run our country like a business. but. I think, you know, going back to the pastor in Tennessee, it's, it's not that this man may or may not have gifts, right? It's not that this man may or may not be called by God. It's that we as a church institution have to take responsibility for this person and putting this person in the position of power that he is in. Yes. And, and him standing up and saying, I did this, is, is not enough of taking responsibility. right so you know i and and admittedly i will admit that i am frustrated on a regular basis because i and Ogan, you will have to stand up and take responsibility for a rumor that didn't even exist and yet you're not willing and you lead thousands of people to stand up and truly take responsibility now, some may say, well, you know, his marriage might end or his, so he's going to get his. And I'm like, well, but the church needs to also protect the most vulnerable. That's what the church does. Right. And if we're not doing that, then, you know, I mean, there's there's a risk to, for that congregation to stand up and say, yes, that may have happened long ago. Yes, we may be able to forgive you. Come be part of our conversation. The risk is, but you're no longer our pastor.
1: Yeah. And, and it was, it was, it was like, uh, you know, they were, they were, they were almost giving him more adoration for being brave for saying these right. things. And it was I was like, he's only being brave cause he got outed.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, and, and, and I mean, even that, uh, so this, here's the thing that I'll say that'll get backlash, right? Even that, like, I don't want to admit my biggest mistakes to the world. Like if I didn't have to, maybe I wouldn't have either, but I've never knock Mm -hmm. on wood. Like, thank God, because you know, whatever, like I, I've made plenty of mistakes. I've outed myself on mistakes before somebody came and said, I'm going to tell on you. Like, I will say, Oh my God, like I messed up. I'm
1: I'm all right with that. Get ahead of the curve, get ahead of the story, you know, right relations 101 or you know like sincere sincere uh what do you call it uh, uh, 101 right. like
0: and i'm know. also willing to sit there and say like so again i've never assaulted a teenager though as an adult so i can't sit here and say you know i think that that needs to be that needs to be in a different category right that needs yeah. to be automatic Ooh. out Absolutely. that is runs and done kind of deal Yes. Uh, as an issues of like i had no idea i even did this right i had no idea i even bothered you about this i am so sorry i, I didn't know to out myself i didn't know to yes. tell people i agree um, so y- y- this has all kinds of nuance which i i will say until i die right now in our political climate it has no nuance you're talking about the me too movement yes that is a that is a sliding scale of you know, a, a, a cat call is not the same as a rape, you know, and, and we right. shouldn't put it in the same category. What the Me Too movement does is empower women, right? And, and we take the risk of outing ourselves to say, um, you know, here we go, Me Too. But I don't owe you my story because I just don't. Yeah. I, I just don't. That's my stuff. And wherever I am on that sliding scale, you don't get to determine I do. And I think that's what this woman did by outing this pastor is saying, this is what happened to me. And, um, I did it for me. I said, I told my story for me, right? But church, it's your turn to step up because he's now a very, very public figure. Yeah. And, and we need, to, we need to, as a church, be able to take the risk of losing these quote unquote charismatic leaders and that our whole church will fall apart without them. You know what, yeah. we'll survive. Excellent. And if you don't, maybe God's trying to tell you something. Whoop,
2: what? Hey, <laughs> hey. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so, uh, wow, a lot of good stuff. Way to leave
0: I, heavy. <laughs> I know,
2: well, you, you, you brought around this whole idea that sometimes, and uh, maybe, well, this could be a whole range of level of mistake, but sometimes we're just unaware that we did something that turns out maybe wasn't the thing to do. And we need others to help us have clarity and see, yeah, that might've been a mistake and you need to own or address that. Uh, but any any final thoughts as we've reflected on risk-taking, making mistakes, uh, holding people accountable, all that stuff? I feel sometimes like, as ministers
1: we almost need to like wear those body cams that record 24 hours a day <laughs> so that anytime we have left our house and if we've left our house we keep this camera running so that you know when uh, it, it, you know someone accuses us somebody do mm. we can say let's go to the tape Uh, i think think when we are clear that we might be getting in a situation that's like a danger zone we remember oh wait this is being recorded i should maybe
2: wow so you never read or saw the circle did you where everything is monitored by everyone all the time and that's supposed to make us better people i don't think No, I don't think no privacy makes us better people. It makes us act out of the best motivation. Listen, I didn't say everybody because there's some people I don't want to see
1: how their day goes. (laughs) I'm I'm talking about sometimes, maybe you know, leaders. If we had, hey, if we had 24-hour cam going, trust me, we would not have the president we have. We probably wouldn't have me in the position I am in either. But that's (laughs) Uh, so I take back what I said. Fair enough. enough.
0: That water sure tastes good, doesn't it, Ogan?
1: I it. know, right? You know, it's delicious. delicious. I, don't, I don't think I'm any any more, what's the word I'm looking for? Coherent for drinking water. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's crazy.
2: See,
0: I always feel like the podcast gets more interesting at the end because we're all getting a little, you
2: know. Yeah, we've all had a little.
0: Have a little something.
2: A little something. <laughs> so uh, any final musings, Shannon? Perhaps you already ran them our way.
0: <laughs> I think I think mused away. I think I'm done.
2: All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, me I mean I maybe me too. Me too. I, you know. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I think it, it, as we've said it's kind of a a balance, you know, like we need we need to have uh self-compassion because we make mistakes and I think particularly those of us who are in a position where we're sort of public figures at some level um it can be hard and when we screw up even in a small way, it's easy to just beat ourselves up and feel like we need to be at a higher standard or be perfect all the time. And just you can't humanly operate that way. Uh, but you also have to be willing to hear when others say, as you said, if, if two people call you a camel, uh, it's maybe time to tune in and see what's happening. Uh,
1: Tik right. Th- Han has a perfect
2: saying for that. He says,
1: when people tell, give you a compliment, you your response should be they're partly right. And if they give you an insult, your response should be they're partly
2: right.
0: Hmm.
2: Nice, nice. Well, there it is. There it is. That's our episode, friends. Thanks for tuning in to Pub Theology Live. Remember, you can connect and spread the word on social media, you can tune in to us anytime, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, iTunes. Uh, and if you'd like to find a pub theology conversation and happening in your town, check out the directory at pubtheology.com. And I wanna say welcome to pub theology Fayetteville in Georgia and neighborhood Faith in Metro Detroit. And we now have over 150 pub theology groups across the country on our official directory. And if there's not one in your neighborhood, you can find uh, directions to start your own thank you again to our sponsors wink wine club that's wink with a c and remember you can uh email us or leave a voicemail to win free wine as well as uh free gear from casual priest who you'll find at casualpriest.com so until next time friends drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing
1: We we need to have a wink sound effect because y'all look like you're having a spasm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Man, maybe we are.
1: Uh, I forgot about the cruise. The cruise.
0: Cruise. I've never been on a cruise before. Ever? Ever? Never ever. Come on. I mean, I've been on a boat. <laughs>
1: no, those aren't boats. Those are like <laughs> those are like floating party hotels.
2: Um, you guys,
0: I just want to say like I'm having a super great time. Like I'm mean, having. Well, yeah, it's been a lot of fun.
2: Like... I, I've mm. loved having you on.
0: Looking forward to it every week.
2: It, it, it is a blast. It is a
0: blast. <laughs>